the smell of photography uh, processing chemicals. A Sesame Street episode, driving away from my grandmother. Uh, playing hockey in my kitchen with my dad. Sliding down this little tyke slide in our living room with my sisters. I remember my mom teaching me how to spell my name. When I was potty treating, I pooped in a laundry basket full, <laughs> full of clean clothes. <laughs> we were all at the dinner table, and I was screwing around with my food, not eating. And um, my mom was scolding me uh, to uh, behave. And my dad said to me, and I remember this, he says, that's all. Uh, he says, that's all right, Margie. You'll always be my girl. This is Rebecca Smith. You're listening to Quoted, the Question of the Day podcast. It's an audio montage of on-the-spot answers to one good question. In this episode, we ask, what is your earliest childhood memory? So my very first memory uh, was somewhere around first or second grade, probably. And uh, I made this Valentine's box out of a Quaker Oats deal. And we made it into a train and it it was made out of candy for wheels and everything. And it was pretty exciting. My memory doesn't really lie within that. It lies in the fact that I got everyone a Valentine's Day card with like Ninja Turtles and princesses for the girls and all of that. But I had a crush on a girl and I got her some Hershey kisses. And I got so embarrassed when I saw that she had my Valentine in her hand that I ran out to the bathroom and got suspended for the rest of the day of school. And then she came at the end of the day and helped me put my chair on my desk. But we never became boyfriend and girlfriend. I was too young. I remember everyday life when I was four. You know, the day-to-day when you get up, um, you know, the things that would happen. I remember Mike going to school and being upset that I didn't get to go. And, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff. I remember day-to-day life, you know. Now, when I was three, I remember pieces and parts of things, you know. But, I mean, I remember vividly every day, you know, starting from probably like three and a half to four. Mom took me to the dentist. She took me to the dentist, and after you were cleaning, you were allowed to pick out a toy. And I picked out, I don't know if it was like around Halloween time, but I picked out these ugly, ugly teeth, like the faux teeth that you put in, and they were like all rotted out and and gross looking. And then she had to take me back to school, and I like put them in and thought I was funny. And I remember my teacher, so are you okay? Like, are your teeth okay? Do we, do you need, do you need me to call your mom? And I'm, no, I took them out. I got my dog for Christmas. I was, three and I just turned four actually walking in our neighbor's uh, ranch in Nebraska my brother and I were swimming and he kicked me in the face and knocked out my teeth (laughs) that's probably the first thing I remember Um, I remember sitting on the floor in front of the TV watching Sesame Street and I remember Smokey Robinson being chased around by the letter U as he's saying you really got a hold on me and I remember thinking to myself as I was a little baby sitting there thinking, oh man, this is really scary. I was really terrified by the whole episode. And he's standing there singing and the letter U won't come off of him. And I looked it up and that was shown in 1986, 85 or 86. And I was either one or two and that was happening. So I remember vividly. <laughs> Smokey Robinson on Sesame Street. <laughs> Christmas memory, I think, as a kid. Just of a... Uh, 
my younger brother coming home from the hospital, actually. Getting stung on the back of my leg by a bee when I was sitting on an open stairway. I was three, I think. I was going over to my grandfather's and I was hanging upside down on the wire fence in the winter. My dad came along and luckily found me. I was hung up on it. Bob wire. That's the first thing I remember. I think helping, I think cranking my grandmother's uh, ringer washing machine out in the farmyard when we were kids. Somebody got to crank, somebody got to pull the sheets through, somebody got to hang the sheets up. I think it was working with her in the yard. Probably four years old. Everybody had work out there. It was fun. Yeah. Standing in my crib, looking out of my bedroom at night into the hallway with the light, the golden light from the hallway light sort of coming in that sharp angle in through the door and reaching or possibly climbing out of my crib, I'm not entirely sure, and my mother being involved, but it's, it's foggy. I was playing hide and seek behind the lilac bush in our front yard with my dad. And I remember that I had my trike in the middle of our in the middle of our driveway. I don't remember what happened after that, but I have kind of like the snapshot in my mind of playing hide and seek behind the lilac bush. And I don't think it was in bloom yet. Okay, so I came first in class. I don't think I was more older than two then. And then my mom's friends kind of threw a little party for me at home. So I remember having like, you know, a very big table with sweets and chocolates and all that. And then my mom bought me these little shoes with gold buttons on it. Those shoes are something I can still remember clearly today. Playing on a playground uh, with my sister. My parents had a studio attached to the house and my mother was an illustrator and I, that was where I was all the time. We also had a dark room attached to the house. My father is a photographer, so the smell of photography uh, processing chemicals, that smell combined with the carpet of my, of my mother's studio. When I was three or so, um, I lived with uh, my mother and father and my infant brother um, in an apartment in St. Louis in a fairly poor section of town. And the memory I have is having a fuss with several of the neighbor kids and hauling my tricycle up the back stairs, which were like a fire escape, um, to the uh, to the uh, upstairs apartment where we lived. And that's my, my earliest memory. So I just remember the feeling of having a diaper full of shit and how it's kind of a nice feeling. And when it gets taken off, then it's kind of cool and cold and you kind of miss it. And it's so weird, but I do remember that. Vaguely, the layout of the house, little house we lived in. Driving away from my grandmother, she was standing outside on the road. And the car was driving away, and I was looking out the back, and I was crying as we were driving away from my grandmother. My memory is so poor now, I can't remember yesterday, let alone 50 years ago, 75 years ago. It's a blur. And that is the truth. <laughs> in Cheyenne, Wyoming, we lived in a little house that my uh, maternal grandmother owned and let us live in. We were across the street from... Warren Air Base. It was an air base. I think it was Warren Air Base. 
and we could see it from where I lived. This is in the uh, late 40s, early 50s, so the World, World War II was a, a recent memory. My dad was in the war. Uh, it was in, you know, not a bad neighborhood, but not a rich neighborhood. I remember that I fell down the stairs into the basement when my mother was down there doing laundry, I think, and cracked my head open. I still have a, I still have a scar here in my chin where I, uh, I had to have stitches. Playing on the kitchen floor, blue with white swirls, linoleum, pretending that it's a giant ocean and it's swirling about. And if I want to, I can maybe climb across the kitchen without touching the floor. There was a, a kid that lived around the corner in an even smaller house than ours. Don't remember his name, but I remember that we thought he was probably kind of an unfortunate child. He was a friend. There was an ice wagon that drove up our alley and delivered ice, not to our house, but to other houses, big cubes of ice. Going to Disney World, my parents are holding my hands on either side of me and I look really, really nervous because I'm right under a giant shark. I guess it was from the Jaws like ride or something. When I lived in the country, I remember lightning striking right in our front yard when I was standing right in the front window and falling backwards. I feel like most things that I can remember in my childhood are, are manufactured from photos that my parents showed me. I'm at the Duluth Superior Zoo and I'm probably like four and I'm looking up at the big giant bear they have there that's stuffed and I was with I think a preschooler a daycare in my apartment in Bloomington with my family growing up and my mom was sleeping <laughs> and me and my brother thought it would be funny to prank call 911 <laughs> So we kept calling and hanging up, and then the police ended up knocking on the door. <laughs> My mom was so upset. <laughs> I think I was like five, maybe? Yeah, my brother must have been like three, so yeah. <laughs> I think I was about two, and my twin sister and I were in the car. My dad was an insurance salesman, door to door, and we were in the car. And we were left alone in the car. <laughs> and we would had like coloring books and things. And we would stay in the car all day. And when we were by, by the time we were like three, we could spell the word shell because that was the gas station. And <laughs> we spent a lot of time in the car. And that's what I remember. So I was um, born in 61. And I think the earliest thing I can remember is I'm pretty sure it was 62. Um, my dad was in the den intently watching the TV, and I'm pretty sure it was the day Kennedy was assassinated. Looking out a plane window, and it's like we were circling, and I just could see stuff on the ground. Uh, going to the bathroom by myself, and I was all proud of myself, I think, because my brother wasn't able to yet he was about 16 months younger than me uh, i don't know how old are, how old do kids how old are they when they learn to go to the bathroom <laughs> two i'm pretty sure i'm being held by my dad because i'm up at a higher altitude and i think it was my dad 
and we were out in the woods someplace. I can figure out what the image is because my parents talked about, you know, what they did later. Uh, they would drive out into the, uh, into the forest on the weekends for a picnic or a hike or whatever, and they would drive up some road and park, and then they would open the hood and they would put my baby bottle on the radiator, and, uh, you know, it would, it would heat up, and, you know, they would do whatever, and then it would be ready. And I can remember being held by my dad, and I'm high enough that I can see that bottle on the radiator and the hood of the truck is open. It's this, this old uh, light blue uh, Chevy pickup truck that my parents had when around the time when I was born. And I can just remember being held by my dad and seeing that bottle and feeling like we were out in the woods or something like that. I'm the host, I do not speak. <laughs> but I, I'll share it with you guys. Uh, my first memory is uh, my sister being born. And I feel like I was standing in the hospital with my dad and watching my mother walk. She was in a hall coming towards me. And she she, tip, she tips the baby down so that I could see her. She was holding a, you know, a baby, and I think I knew it was a baby. But you came up and you leaned down so I could see her. And I was thinking... She's holding her upside, why is she? Because her head was down at the bottom, and I was concerned that she was upside down. <laughs> you know, was we, were we in the hospital? Yes. I didn't have the words to say why, but that's what I remember. It was my mother holding my sister upside down. I did ask my dad about this, because I couldn't piece together why I would have been at the hospital. It didn't make any sense that I was there and he, he couldn't remember. So I gotta grill my mother. Looking at a glass baby bottle and sucking on it and watching like the line of bubbles go up to the top and just the hypnotic mesmerizing watching the bubbles and the lulling of sucking on a bottle. I had a doll where it is now. It was under my parents' bed and I, for some reason I must have thrown it under there or something. But I remember like reaching under their bed for this doll. I think it was in a purple clothing, like one solid purple thing. Maybe ruffles on the collar. Playing hockey in my kitchen with my dad. I was three years old and uh, a hot iron was sitting on the floor. My mom was ironing my dad's clothes and it fell on my foot. We were living downtown St. Louis in Dogtown. It was Christmas and I wanted this bow and arrow. It was only three, so it wasn't a real bow and arrow, but it was the kind that had little suction cups on the end of it. And I remember I wanted that thing so bad and I woke up Christmas morning and I looked, I went and ran in under the tree and there's presents everywhere, but in the tree, there was little these arrows stuck in the tree everywhere with little suction cups on them, you know? And I knew right away, somewhere in here is the bow. When I was potty training, I pooped in a laundry basket full, <laughs> full of clean clothes. We lived in a third-story apartment building, and I remember uh, riding my tricycle around the sidewalks of Chicago. I stole a razor blade from my parents, thinking that that was like the cool thing to do. And I was trying to cut a little army figure, and I cut my thumb. 
when my daddy took me downtown Pritchett, Mobile, Pritchett, Alabama. He took me down to Cress's store, and we went through the back door, and I had walked from down to my house at least about a, one quarter of a mile to downtown Pritchett, and I went, and I was tired and sweaty, and I ran to a water fountain, but I, I, I wasn't recognizing the signs. I went to the white only. I didn't go to the blacks only. And we went through the back door, and I drunk out the whites. And I heard the European call my dad a boy. After I was about 10, 11, and my dad always called me boy. But I went and asked my dad, I said, Daddy, why did that white man call you boy? And he told me, don't worry about it, son. I'm here to protect you. He never taught me hatred or what was going on at the time. I had a beautiful mom and daddy. My dad was in World War II. They taught me to love everybody. But I came up in the era I questioned my mom and dad. Why I should love them they don't love us? Sorry. Riding tricycles down a down a, a very badly paved street in Bloomington. I struggled for a while. My dad gave me a swift kick on the butt, and after that, I seemed to learn. Now that's his idea of education, but it's not mine. I was nine, ten years old when I got my puppy for Christmas. Being in my crib and being able to peek out and look to see what's going on and if somebody was going to come and get me because I was probably hungry. Going to the Timberwolves game when I was a very small child and watching Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. Having pneumonia as a three-year-old and being in the hospital away from my mother and just how uh, terrifying that was. And I remember uh, mom visiting and constantly ringing the nurse to get another uh, popsicle and being tied down in the crib so that I wouldn't climb out. Get in trouble, yeah. We have like one neighborhood, I just tell her like the very bad slang, the name, and then he, she just came to us and then she just tell them, my mom, your son telling this, 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 and then you, my mom just like put my finger and then just, just slap it. It was like this. I went to Africa and that was my first time going on a plane at seven years old. I think back when I was like four, my grandma, she had died and we was having like a little reunion for her birthday and she had died like way before I was born. Like all my grandmas and grandpas never had any of them. So my mom decided just to have a big old cake with her picture and we just decided to celebrate her little birthday. Her So have all her kids together, which she had like eight kids. And so her grandkids, great grandkids, is like all of us just all together, just happy. 
the first memory that came to mind wasn't actually one of my memories, but one that my best friend told me happened, which was when we were very, very little, we had just moved into the neighborhood, and so I was walking with my parents. He was on his parents' front porch, and apparently he had like a little bell in his hand. All I did from the sidewalk was point at it and go, bell, and then we started talking and somehow became best friends, and so we're still friends. I remember uh, interacting with my dad, my father. I think he was teaching me, like, I'm Catholic, so I think he taught me the sign of the cross. Booster shots, is it? I don't know. When I was really young, um, I started crying, and uh, I, like, cried to my mother, and I was like, they're poking holes in me. My golden birthday, my birthday is June 4th, so I remember getting tons of presents And when I was four years old. It was the best thing ever. A blue bouncy ball. It was a pretty big ball. Growing up in Chicago, uh, I was probably four, three, four, five years old. We lived in a third-story apartment building, and I remember uh, riding my tricycle around the sidewalks of Chicago. And it was back when it was safer, and you didn't have to worry about it. And we would just ride up and down the sidewalks on our tricycle. Uh, that and this time of year, I remember my dad taking us to uh, uh, a snow hill down there. And I wish I could remember the name of the snow hill. But it was a real happy memory that, you know, the whole family I had six brothers and sisters, you know, and we would all go to this big snow mountain and, and just take our sleds down the old-fashioned sleds with the wood and the steel runners and you know you could steer them and uh, every winter that was a big deal we would go and uh, go down the big mountain and then there was a place in Chicago a street and they called it Candyland Candy Lane and it was literally miles of every house decorated for Christmas and it was a big tradition where after we sled we'd go up and down the street you know and you just real slow and you saw all these huge old houses decorated just all you know lights and it was beautiful being too nervous to talk to anyone the first days of school being really shy just always falling uh, and chipping my tooth while chasing for a basketball down a driveway I actually was adopted from Honduras so my earliest memory is coming here to America with my mom who adopted me when I was just a couple years old and uh, screaming my head off because I thought it was cold in May Compared to Honduras, it was very cold. Uh, my grandpa passed away when I was three, but I remember him holding me, uh, hold, yeah, holding me in his lap when I was young. I grew up in South Minneapolis, very near Minnehaha Park, and at three and a half years old, I walked from my house across the Ford Plant Bridge up the hill to the shopping mall. My parents were nearly 50 years old when I was born, and I was a very rambunctious little girl. The store manager asked me, "Where's mommy?" I said, she's at home, what's your phone number? I gave her the phone, him the phone number, and they came and got me. I was going to the store that had a swing set. When I was about three or two in there, my dad sat in a big overstuffed chair, my real dad. He sat in a big overstuffed chair, and he used to like to eat peanuts. And he liked to eat chocolate-covered, uh, you know those things you get at Christmas time, those chocolate-covered candies? And uh, he would get up out of his chair, and he'd go out somewhere, and he would get uh, uh, peanuts and candy, and he'd come back. And while he'd be gone, I would jump in his chair. <laughs> and my dad was quite large. You know, he wasn't real big, but he wasn't little either. And he would come back, and he would pretend to sit on top of me. <laughs> he'd laugh, and I'd giggle. And he'd say, where's Margie? Where's Margie? And he'd pretend he was sitting on me. And uh, 
And I'd be sitting there giggling. I remember when I, my cousin taught me, at five years old, they taught me how to ride my bike. And he held me, and uh, he held on the back of the seat. And he told me that he was still holding on, at the, and he wasn't. And I, I just learned how to ride a bike from there. It was a purple Huffy with a uh, black banana seat. And I'm 45 years old, and I still remember 40 years ago. My father bought it for my birthday. That was the first bike that I had without training wheels. It was a Huffy. I think it would be being little at my cabin and running through the puddles in rain boots and just my diaper. And I remember taking off my onesie and being mischievous. And my parents have pictures, so I don't know if it's because I remember it because of the picture or if it's still a vivid memory of actually doing it. Sitting on the kitchen table and backing into the window and breaking it. I had another one where um, I stuck a hairpin into a light socket and a flash of light came over and knocked me over backwards. Didn't hurt me, but it sure scared me. Susan, you got any? Probably like playing hide and seek with the neighborhood friends when I was little, <laughs> out in the backyard. Kick the can, yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun. And I remember the yelling and everybody, you know, wanting to stay out there and be the last one in. Yeah, that was one of our favorites. I can remember some young memories of Susan when she was little too. <laughs> you know, her older brothers and sisters played the violin. Her mother was a Suzuki teacher. And she kind of got the idea too. She'd walk around with a knife and a fork and, you know, the fork on her chin and the knife for a bowl. And uh, she was doing other things like that too. So uh, my wife and I decided we had to get her a violin. And she was two and a half when we did. And she took to it right away. It was part of her. And one night, pitch black in the bedroom, couldn't see anything or anything. I felt something hard bumping me in the head. It was Susan with her violin. She wanted me to open the case so she could play it in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's hard because I feel like I invent memories when the stories are repeated to me. But um, I believe I was on the bus and I told a lady, I was sitting with my mother and I told a lady that God wasn't just a swear word. He was also an old man who drove around on a motorcycle with a little girl in the sidecar. It was from the Oh God You Devil George Burns series. I must have picked up on that. My very first memory is uh, <laughs> probably going to kindergarten which was in kind of a old school two-room schoolhouse in a very small building that was all that was only kindergarten I remember like you know the big thing learning to tie your shoes and taking naps and you know sort of role-playing in different scenarios and whatnot so and, and, it, and it was cool because again it was like Two, two kindergarten classes in this building, which now is a Al-Anon building. It's in uh, Brooklyn Center. And I'm thinking back now because it's cold out in the snow. My brother and I snuck out to go sledding. And on the way back home, we had to jump a fence. And I didn't quite make it over the fence. And my snowmobile suit got hooked on the fence. <laughs> 
I'm upside down. So he had to lift me off the fence, and then we had to get home and try to lie to my mom about why my snowmobile suit was ripped. <laughs> Mine was, I was almost three. It was my first memory, and it was actually when my mom and dad split up, and my dad was driving away, and my mom cried, and that was the first memory I have. And I think the next time I saw her cry was probably when I was 15, so my mom's not a crier, but I remember that. On the farm and like hanging out with pigs and small animals and cats and whatever else as a little tiny kid, just like that's all you knew. It's like, hey, there's animals everywhere. Preschool, preschool on the playground, and for some reason there were live chickens in our preschool playground. Running over my little sister on her first birthday <laughs> with a, uh, a little battery-powered electric uh, Jeep running her over and then mom coming out and yelling at me <laughs> screaming she was crying and then she's held it over my uh head ever since first birthday they're both around the same time probably around four or five years old um they used to send me up the plum tree in the neighborhood because it was very fragile branches and i was the youngest smallest kid so I'd go up and pick all the plums out of the tree for the neighbors to I don't know if it was our tree or somebody else's I don't remember but that's one of the memories and the second was we lived right next to the church because my dad was pastor and when they were renovating they had a big bell that they set out on the lawn and we would always um, go over and ring the bell and then run like hell because everybody was mad because we ran the, rang the bell. So we'd get five or six kids together and they couldn't figure out who rang the bell. So we always did that. Drinking a bottle and looking at the light in your bedroom. Breaking my arm on the trampoline. So we were all jumping around the trampoline. There were at least eight of us. We were jumping around. We had a ball on the trampoline and we were trying to jump over it. I, of course, got double bounced, landed on the ball and twisted my arm too far. Mm. Was in the hospital for how long? So I was running through a park, Washington Park in Milwaukee, constant from a bunch of geese, little. I messed with a bunch of geese and they all started chasing me. Probably like 12. No, actually like nine. Labor Day, Labor Day Parade, New York, New York City, the whole Eastern Parkway. It was about like over 50,000 people. 12, 12 blocks added up. Like that was a lot of people. There was a bunch of trucks. Reggae artists on top of the trucks, and for like 12 blocks, it was like 50,000 people. My mom made a friend like on our same street that is still her best friend today. When I was little, she used to take a pair of my underwear and put them on her head because she knew it made me laugh so much. And she would literally run around her house, and I would chase her trying to get it back. I forgot about that. I remember being in her house specifically, and I remember her running up and down the hallway with underwear on her head. It was all a good fun. <laughs> Standing on the sidewalk in Beale Air Force Base. Three or four? Just me. I don't know where I was. I just have a vision of me standing on the sidewalk in Beale Air Force Base. Grandma and Grandpa's backyard as a kid. Chicken pox when I was like four. That was rough. It was itchy, and so I had to stay home, and Mom had to do the baths and the wash and, you know, all that stuff. Chicken pox at four. It's not, it's not a fun one. I remember having a dream about Cookie Monster, and I still remember it vividly to this day, and I was about four when that happened. Amy had knitted me, or crocheted me, a little Cookie Monster, and I had it hanging up in my bedroom, and I had a nightmare about it. 
and Cookie Monster chased me down the hallway and grabbed my footed pajamas and pulled my pants down, and I fell face first, and I crawled to my dad in the uh, living room. And then I woke up crying, and my dad came and got me. My dad used to work night shift, mid shift, and so he was awake eating like at 3 o'clock in the morning in the kitchen. So he came and got me, and he took me out in the living room with him, and I got to stay up with him and eat. I still have Cookie Monster, yes. He has made it through all these moves with me. Does he haunt your children today? Um, my kids were a little freaked out by him, and he's in storage. He's a monster. He's not Bert or Ernie. He's a monster. The cookie fairy? Less intimidating. I was probably five or six. I was always outside riding bikes or playing with the boys or romping around, and I fell off my bike, and I skinned both of my knees, and I still have scars from this. Skinned both of my knees, and it was Easter Sunday, so I took my shower, and I put my tights and my dress and my shoes on, and we got home, and those tights stuck to those scabs. And the only way to get them off was to rip those tights off and take that scab with it. So dad is bear hugging me and mom is like yanking the tights off. It's the only way we got them off. It's the only way we got them off. And I still have scars on both knees. I didn't really know the layout of our house yet. We were in a three-story townhouse. And I had this one toy that made this really scary kind of noise. Some Jurassic Park toy. And it was late at night and I was with my cousin who had just come out to visit us, who had, who had been helping us move. We were playing with this toy and he triggered the sound that it made that scared everybody. Our parents had been carrying in boxes, so they were all upstairs. We literally got so scared that we ran upstairs and he, he peed his pants. To this day, I'll remind him, remember that time you peed your pants in our brand new house? Always getting, I used to get in fights all the time after school, elementary school, I remember that. They'd always want to, people wanted to fight me. I'd always go to the park and fight these kids. Um, and the fight was like this, just basically hugging them and throwing them to the ground. That was the fight. There was no punching. I remember one time climbing over the fence in, in uh, elementary school in Las Vegas, and I fell over the fence, and my pant leg was caught, so I was hanging upside down, and I couldn't reach the ground, so I was stuck there. And I remember some girl that was in a bigger school, she picked me up and pulled me off the fence. Mom pierced my ears, and I don't recall how old I was. I want to say about 10 years old. Probably the summer after freshman, and that's about the time girls would do it. But she did it with a needle and thread. I think there was ice involved, and I, I remember her like pinching my ear really hard before she stuck the, the needle through. You just take an ice cube, and you hold it behind the ear, and kind of dead, and you rub your ear really hard, tight, you know, squeeze it kind of. I don't know what the point of that is, one pain versus the other. <laughs> Well, no, and then you take a, a ballpoint pen and you mark where you want it to be, you know, make sure it's even. So then you had the loop of string in your ear. And, you know, and back in the day, sometimes what they would do is use, um, like, thread. Mm -hmm. And then you take a needle, and I think there's a thread on it. And she would tie it, and then every day you'd put alcohol on it and kind of... A couple times a day you put alcohol on that thread... And then run it through like this. Do the re 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 re. <laughs> and it, you know, it seems to me I recall it was like dark green, um, dark green um, thread. That's how we did it, and everybody did it that way. If someone came to me and said, "Can you pierce my ten-year-old's ears?" I'd be terrified because you know you'd measure and you know the whole thing, and you know, and then the kids are going to jump and you're going to get the wrong thing, you know, the whole thing. But mom did it just with the needle and thread, and it was just like hold still, you know. <laughs> No, don't bother because the needle's sharp. I sterilize it out of my sewing machine kit. It's just a sewing needle. Was there a potato involved? Wasn't there like holding a potato? Oh, so there. Like, there was something to so you don't poke your head. Well, there was. So you had 
Yeah, so you don't like jam it through and the next thing you know it's in the back of your head. You know, that sounds right, but I don't remember specifically a potato. No, there was no apple behind it. She just shoved it through there. I don't think it hurts, does it? But then I remember after that, like, it hurt like hell, you know, with the string, you know, you know, and it's because uh, it was trying to heal, and then you're kind of, like, interrupting that healing process over and over and over again. So It doesn't hurt when you're doing it. It's when the ice wears off and there's that burning feeling. You guys wanted me to do it. I didn't do it for torture. <laughs> You know, I'm sure it was a situation where, you know, you had kids, I want my ears pierced, I want my ears pierced, you know. And probably at that time, that's probably the way you did it, I suppose, at that point. But once it got down to you guys, they, they got civilized and took you to the mall. Riding in a yellow Rambler. We were on our way to my sister Virginia's. I was in the back, in the back, way in the back. Dad was driving, Mom was in the front. Our mother and Rudy was with us. And we are going down the freeway. And a car, it was like a big old like Studebaker, some big old car coming the other direction on a freeway. One of those big Oldsmobile 94s. What a great big heavy Oldsmobile. Goes in, down into the ditch to the median, comes out the other side. He fell, he fell asleep. Flies over the top of our car. He went right over the hood of our car. Was flipped over like that and went right over our hood like that. And hits the ground, flips upside down. Everybody was okay on their side. We just stopped. They didn't hit our car. Smitty got the car stopped, and uh, we were all shook up, you know. And he turns, he looked at me, and he turned around and looked at the kids, and he says to me, are you all right? And I says, yes. And he jumps out of the car and ran over to help those people. And the top of the car was crushed down, but they crawled, they crawled out. They helped pull him out. The guy got out who had a gun. He had a gun in the car. In like a 38. The girl was okay, and there was a dog. The dog's leg was ripped off, back leg. Now, I don't remember about the dog being hurt. I remember a dog. Something to do with the dog was either the leg was ripped off or the dog was hurt. And after that, our car had these big spots on the hood where the brake fluid from his car had leaked and splattered on our hood, and it took the paint off. No, that's, that's no exaggeration. We, we almost got killed. Are you making this up? No, you asked Dad. You asked, Are you serious? Yeah, ask Dad. I would have been five, just barely five. We were at the dinner table. My dad had been sick all day long. I didn't know that, but uh, he had been sick. He didn't go to work that day. We, he worked at the bomber plant in Ypsilanti. And uh, we were all at the dinner table, and I was screwing around with my food, not eating and um, my mom was scolding me uh, to uh, behave. And my dad said to me, and I remember this, he says, that's all, uh, he says, that's all right, Margie. You'll always be my girl. And he got up from the table, and he went on the, in the bedroom, and everybody heard a thud, although I didn't hear it. And my mom and... Uh, Whoever hit my my grandma was there too, would be Goldie, me and Kathleen and Grandma, and my mom, and uh, went in the bedroom and he was on the floor, dead. That's how quick he died. Uh, of course, we were all shielded from it. You know, we weren't allowed to be around or anything like that. And the lady next door came and uh, took me and Kathleen next door, and then we went back to Harrisville. 
they took my dad back to Harrisville, and uh, they had a funeral there, and they put him in that house on uh, the main street there in Harrisville. My Uncle Johnson lived there. It was where my mother lived at one point in her life when she was young. And uh, they put him in a room. They called it the parlor, like a living room. I remember my uh, uh, mom wanted wanted me to go in and see the cat and my dad in the casket. My uncles wouldn't let him. Said no, she's too little. She's too little. And I can remember them the conversation they were having about it. You know, I could hear my name and all that. And at one point, I went up and I was just big enough to see through the very bottom of that door which was stained glass and when you looked in there it was pink and I could see the casket in there through that pink and that's it that's the memory of my dad the only thing I can remember about him my mom sitting on the couch I was just over three years old and she was crying so hard and she was watching the funeral of John F. Kennedy. Yeah, I just knew she was really distressed watching TV. I had a very beautiful mother, very church-going people, and my dad was a hard-working man. We lived on a farm, and, uh, and a small farm in Hutchinson, Minnesota, and I did, and I worked hard because I learned to work because he taught me how to work, you know, and enjoy it. I can remember back about 40 years, because I was an athlete, and uh, I remember being recruited by colleges. I'm an athlete. I mean, I had been an athlete. I'm not anymore, but I wanted to be kind of be a coach. I wanted to coach college college players. I coached uh, my my little my son was on the little league basketball and baseball, and uh, that's that, that's kind of the highlight of my life, to be honest with you. Just going out, being a kid, you know, going out by the by the lakes with my mom and going fishing and, you know, just doing all style stuff, you know, swimming, boys camps and stuff like that. Easter morning, when I was very young, getting up and uh, my dad coming home, he used to work the night shift at the railroad. I was waiting for him to come home. I remember seeing an angel. I'm told I was about four years old. I was sick and I was at the end of a living room uh, sleeping on the couch because I was sick and my parents were in the kitchen I could see a little see-through window they were playing cards with their friend and I looked down at the end of the of the living room and there was a staircase that went up to the second floor and there was a newel post there and I saw very clearly this white figure I knew it was an angel putting a note in this vase that was on the top of the newel post and I yelled hey what are you doing and the vase broke because the angel bumped it. Pat Stone, I used to make him pull a plow. Oh, Pat Stone, me and we're buddies. I used to make him pull a plow up to the old farm. Uh, a horse. He was on my horse. Yeah, he was a kid, yes. And then he hitchhiked down the farm. He was 15 years old to live with me for a while. And when I moved to Florida, he showed up. He got me in so that much trouble, we had to ship him back. <laughs> uh, many years ago, yep. Cigarettes in Rose Island. That's where Aunt Jenny lived. It's by Bay City. When I was about 12 years old, well, I stole cigarettes in Rose Island. They didn't blame anybody because they, I, they didn't know, I don't think. Oldest back memory that I can remember when I was about four years old with my grandfather, who passed away, I think, shortly after that, I took some donuts 
out of my father's store, went out and visited him, and he lived in a little Quonset hut on my Aunt Lottie's farm, and he and I sat there at that table eating those donuts. And I don't know why I remember that, but that's just always stuck in my mind in, what, for 70-some years. Dad was a hunter, and he, he, laid, he came home and laid those mallard ducks on the table. And I remember going over and petting them. They were dead, but they were beautiful, that color around their neck and all. That's what I remember. That's the earliest I can remember. Reading the book with my parakeet, sitting on the book, eating the pages. <laughs> and I was worried because it was a library book. <laughs> when I was in kindergarten, um, and my teacher's name was Mrs. Firebaugh, but we called her Fireball as in kindergartners. But I remember uh, I had a purple dress that I wore a lot, and I was kind of chubby, and the dress was a little too tight, and it was really too tight around my neck. And I can just really, <laughs> no, I can, re I can remember how uncomfortable this purple dress was. But then years and years later, I was, as an adult, I was reading like a, a Peanuts cartoon, and in this cartoon, one of the characters, and I think it was Lucy, was complaining about the stupid purple dress her mother made her wear, um, and that it, she looked like a grape and she hated this purple dress, so I believe I sent that to mom. I just remember being four and Mike going to school when we lived in Las Vegas. And I remember him leaving, you know, walking to school with his friends, and I wanted to go to school so bad, you know, with them. Was school everything you dreamed it to be? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go for, you know, <laughs> geez, Becky. Um, yeah. My, I lost my dad when I was like 12 years old. I was kind of a daddy's girl. And that he took me into this store in Wisconsin, and there was one of those mobile circus type things in the parking lot. You know, there was all these rides and everything going on. And he took me into the store, and he bought me this beautiful dress that had a purse and patent leather shoes and tights and the whole nine yards, the little hat, everything. And I got dressed up and I got to go ride in the merry-go-round and the, the tilt-a-whirl and all the different rides with him. Like that was the thing, you know, was that I got to do that with my father. And I had a brother too, so it was the two of us. Later on in life, I can remember that, that outfit. And my grandmother... She's actually the youngest of five children, and that was his mother. She was always very matchy. You know, she'd always have the matching purse and the matching shoes. And I always laugh because I feel like I get that from her, that, that kind of idea of matching. She was educated. She got a, a degree from Mary's College in Bismarck, North Dakota, and she was a um, dietitian cook at the Susan Hospital. And she left her home from her family in North Dakota um, and married my grandfather. So they, and he was from another tribe. So they always had to sort of deal with that kind of outside perspective. And they also had to deal with that, that how to share what was important. And particularly for me, because I came from that background, I, my family was never around me. So I always felt like I was kind of isolated. So when I think of the image of my father being daddy's girl and my father taking me to this to this place and and being able to like be happy and like eat candy and enjoy life in a, like in an extreme way it really makes me like feel like grounded like connected and that happened in Wisconsin where my dad's father's mother lived and my grandma Annie she was an herbalist she would go in the woods and I I can always see her in her army boots like 
you know, and she'd always go in the woods and I'd be following behind her so I can always see her army boots and her long skirt and her, her apron and stuff. And I'd be following her trying to keep up to her. But I'd always see those little boots, you know, those boots. And when I was older, people would talk about, yeah, we'd always see your grandma walking down the hill to church with her army boots on, you know. That was my great-grandmother, and I got to be raised by her and spend summers with her. And every summer, my dad would take me there to visit her, and I'd stay for a couple weeks. And they'd fish, and we'd swim and and go gather um, herbs and stuff with her. And then we'd come back, and she had a little log cabin, and the whole room would be surrounded by herbs hanging from the ceiling just all around so you'd like go to bed at night and she was really particular about me and my brother like we were her golden little angels and she wasn't gonna let anything happen to us so she was always very protective of making sure we ate and that we were all washed our face and cleaned up at night before we went to bed and then when we'd get in bed she'd pile on like 50 blankets you know on top of us and I always remember sleeping in that in that room and like all these blankets and peeking out and there'd be all these herbs around the top of the room you know and they like Kevin, you're going, okay, <laughs> is this good? But it would smell good. You know what I mean? I miss that. I guess I have a memory of me and my brother in a sandbox, like this little old school 80s turtle sandbox. I don't know. Yeah, we used to live in a, a trailer in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I just have a vague memory of me and my brother in a sandbox together. But four, four years old. Two. And I was in my parents, I was up in the bathroom in my parents' house, um, and they have a little cubby behind the bathtub. And I had crawled into there and I found a box of razor blades and I was playing with them. And my mom came in shrieking and scooped me off the floor. And so ever since then, I've been terrified of razor blades. So I was two and my um, grandfather was living with us. I would go into his room every morning and he would tell me stories and I would just cuddle with him and, you know, um, just be with him. And I remember one morning going into his uh, room, and he wasn't there. And um, I remember how his room was dark. I remember petting the bed um, where he wasn't there. And and it's very vivid. Like, I remember my dad um, um, explaining heaven to me and where my grandfather was. And he was sitting on the arm of a couch while I was standing in this doorway with the hall light was on and the room was dark. And I remember standing halfway in the light and halfway in the dark while my dad explained heaven to me. Being underneath the table and I must have fell asleep underneath the table. And I used to do this where I used to fall asleep underneath tables. I remember waking up and it was dark and my mom forgot that I was asleep underneath the table or she probably thought not to move me. And I remember waking up and it was like completely dark and I just seen things through a window, like probably trees or something, but it looked really scary and I remember that. But then I also remember this other thing where um, kind of like a past life thing. I remember being a young girl in a dress and I must have like drowned in the ocean. You don't talk about past lives. I mean, that's not stuff that you talk about. So I remember asking my mom if that had ever happened, if I had ever drowned before. And she was just like, no, like you've never been to the ocean, first of all. And like, I remember I was confused because I thought it, it really happened. 
and I thought that like it was just something she didn't talk about. So I thought it was real. I thought it was an event that really happened. I have like I have a lot of respect for water in our Dakota way. Women are the protectors of water and we're the care we're the caretakers as for men are the caretakers for fire. And so when I was little I always like was slightly afraid of water. That would be an awful way to go. So I always was like very apprehensive about like being in water and so I mean I love it at the same time I know what it's capable of. So now that I'm an adult I still think about it and it's pretty vivid in my head. Not like dreams or anything. Our dreams are dreams. I don't know. As I've gotten older it's like something that probably could have happened in a different lifetime. When I was like three, laying down outside, just being outside with the dog, major Alaskan Malamute. It's pretty much where I spent most of my time, chilling out, relaxing, sitting outside. I love the outdoors and um, I love my animals. I remember people trying to come in the yard and the dog protecting me and and remember the tree that I used to be by. I remember some of my outfits that I used to wear. I remember everything about that dog in particular, though. When I was a toddler, uh, we lived in Chicago, and we lived in the Black Hawk Apartments, or maybe it was the Black Stone Apartments. I don't remember which, but it was Black something. I can remember my mother holding my hand as we walked down the hot sidewalk and slipping on the ice. Sometime in preschool, we'd always learn about like learning the alphabet and stuff. That's probably the earliest I can remember. Being in the kitchen at our house on St. Anne Street. I don't know why, but that's the earliest thing that I remember. Playing in mom's huge, big mixing bowl on the kitchen, ki- on the kitchen floor. Playing it, they would spin me around in the bowl and then until I laughed or fell out. Oh, it was a huge bowl. Party mix bowl. Oh, I thought it was great fun back then. Yes. It would spin me around until I was so dizzy I couldn't, until I'd fall out of the bowl or the bowl would fly. <laughs> I was a kid in Okinawa, and I was probably, I wasn't in kindergarten yet, and I got stung by a wasp. They said I had allergic reaction, so my foot was swollen and I stepped on it. And my neighbor's daughters, they were teenage girls, I don't know why I was crying and stuff like that, and they came over and was sitting by me, hugging me and stuff like that, and then they started showing me their boobies. I was probably nine, and I got a pachinko machine. For Christmas. Maybe at Christmas when I was a little kid. I got a red wagon. I remember that. Road trips. We took a lot of road trips from Minneapolis to New York. Playing in our house, the first home we lived in, which was a mobile home, wood paneling on the wall, seeing my siblings in that, you know, that space. I would say it's fleeting, but one is um, before I started school. I remember watching Perry Mason with Ma. The other one is um, that Barbie doll head with the little tray of makeup, a little makeup tray, like a big Barbie doll head that you put makeup on. I remember putting lipstick on it. And I remember flying one time I, I flew across the room. <laughs> I jumped off a high, something high, like a cabinet. <laughs> I am telling you, I flew across the room. There is no one to witness it. One that jumps out at me um, doesn't happen until I'm 10 years old. I lived in a city on a hill, 
and in the evening it was not uncommon to jump on your bicycle and go up the hill and there was an old-fashioned popcorn wagon there and people would go up there you know the sun was setting and all that and eat popcorn in the summer so I went up there I ate a little popcorn and then I jumped back on my bike well it was getting to be twilight and I was way up on the hill and I didn't live way up on the hill, I lived way down on the bottom. So I started going down and I will never, ever, ever forget it. It was the most delicious feeling I could imagine because I felt free. Yes, the bike was there. Yes, the bike was going, but I wasn't there. I don't know where I was. Maybe I had an out-of-body experience at 10 years of age. But it was unbelievable. I've often wanted, of course, to go back and recapture that, but you can't, of course. Um, you can't will it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a magical moment. I felt enchanted. I felt magical. I felt so free, so free, but I'm pretty far away from that now. <laughs> uh, at age 82, I'm, I'm lucky if I can <laughs> hobble around the house. And uh, of course, getting on, uh, my balance is bad, so my bike days are over. So, um, but I still remember it. You have been listening to Quoted. The Question of the Day podcast. I am Rebecca Smith. To find out more about this program, you can go to the website at questionpodcast.com. Until next time, take care.